Welcome to Redemption's podcast. This is Corey Ball, lead pastor at Redemption Community Church, found in Kirkwood, Missouri, in the greater St. Louis area. Before we dive into the content, I want to invite you to follow us on Instagram and like us on Facebook to stay current on all things Redemption. You'll find both of these accounts by searching Redemption STL. But more than anything, we hope that this podcast will help inspire and challenge you to take your next steps in following Jesus. If you have any questions about God, Christianity, or redemption, don't hesitate to reach out. You can DM us on our socials or text us at 314-391-4141. And now, without further ado, here is the content you are looking for. Enjoy. Welcome. So glad that you guys are here at Redemption. My name is Corey Ball, and I'm the lead pastor here at Redemption. If you and I have not had a chance to meet yet, I just want to say uh, I'd love to meet you after the service, and so let's connect out front. I'll be in the lobby, and, uh, and I'd love to say hello. Well, today is Palm Sunday, uh, like Jordan just said, and if you're unfamiliar with Palm Sunday, kind of what that is, this is part of, part of Holy Week. Uh, Holy Week is this, this week before Jesus' crucifixion. And um, it's a sacred, sacred time to the church. It's a sacred time for those who follow Jesus. Uh, today is Palm Sunday. We're actually not going to be uh, talking about the Palm Sunday kind of verses, the parts of Scripture. But what I do want to do is I want to draw our attention to uh, where this comes from. Like what, what, what part of the tradition does this come from? And so this is the week before, uh, the, the, the week before Jesus was going to be crucified. It says here, this is going to be in uh, John chapter 12, starting in verse 12. Uh, I'll start reading here. We're just going to read four verses. It says, the next day, that, uh, the news that Jesus was on the way to Jerusalem is swept through the city. By the way, just a little backstory. The reason that it swept through the city so quickly was because just uh, the, the, the couple days before that, uh, Jesus actually raises Lazarus from the dead. Like this just Happen, and there are actually people in this in this city and in this group here who are talking about it. Okay, so it sweeps through the city. A large crowd of Passover visitors took palm branches and they went down the road uh, to meet him. They shouted, "Praise God! Blessings on the one who comes in the name of the Lord! Hail to the King of Israel!" Jesus found a young donkey and he rode on it, fulfilling the prophecy that said, "Don't be afraid, people of Jerusalem." Look, your king is coming, riding on a donkey's colt. His disciples didn't understand at the time uh, that this was a fulfillment of the prophecy. I love this, this next verse. But after Jesus entered into his glory, they remembered what had happened and realized that these things had been written about him. And so today we celebrate this. We celebrate the triumphal entry of Jesus. And he goes into Jerusalem, and though everyone there believes they believe that uh, he is there to overthrow the Roman government. Uh, they believe that he is there to end the oppression. We're going to watch a video in the middle of the sermon that talks about this a bit. But they believe that he was there to end the oppression from the Romans. And that wasn't the case at all. What he was there to do was to end the enslavement to sin. He was there to give spiritual life and to save them from their sins. And that's what he did on the cross. And so today we get to celebrate that moment where Jesus goes into the city of Jerusalem. And so you guys have your palm branches. And listen, if you just want to get wild during the sermon, you just want to wave your palm branches, go for it. You just go crazy, okay? Um, well, again, we're so glad you're here. This week is, uh, is the last week in our series, What's the Difference? And we're looking at uh, basically the, the major world religions. We even 
um, looked within Christianity, and we looked at Catholicism and Protestantism and kind of the differences there between those two. Um, but each week what we did is we looked at a different religion, a different major world religion, um, and uh, we're going to continue today. Today's going to be our last, our last day in this. Well, about six years ago, these videos started to surface on YouTube, and, uh, and then they were rapidly shared throughout Facebook and, and things. Um, in these videos, there is a, a person, typically a man, who is uh, dressed a very certain way, and that very certain way is very easily recognizable as a soldier. Um, the man is, uh, is, is in a public place, uh, let's say a mall or a restaurant or a Starbucks or a park, and, uh, and, and very quickly you see in this video that somebody else is kind of addressing this person dressed in soldier garb, the whole getup. And as the video goes on, what you realize is that the person who's dressed in the soldier getup is actually not a soldier. Some of these you can tell pretty quickly. Others, uh, it, you know, it takes a you know, couple, couple lines of questioning to kind of get there. Um, but, but, but what you see is, is someone who is actually a soldier starts questioning the one who is kind of impersonating a soldier, okay? Uh, if you've seen these videos before, they're called Stolen Valor Videos. I was watching one this past week, and uh, it's one of the original ones that came out. It was like six years ago it came out. And in this Stolen Valor video, this guy, he's in the mall, and this duty approaches this soldier. And, and, and the guy who's filming, he approaches the soldier. He goes, hey, my son wants to meet a soldier. He's never met a real soldier before. Um, could he meet you? And the guy was like, oh, yeah, of course. And so he starts playing it off like he's a real soldier. Well, quickly in the video, and I'm not going to show you these videos for a couple reasons, by the way. I'll stop here uh, for two, two big reasons. One, uh, the, the language is typically super vulgar. Uh, two, because uh, it's, it's really defaming of the person who is obviously in the wrong. But just so you know, like here at Redemption, we never want to defame anybody from stage. Uh, we want to be really clear about that and really careful uh, not to do that. Because uh, at the end of the day, everybody needs the gospel, and people are going to come to this church and their life's going to be, you know, a wreck, and we want them to find hope in Jesus and not uh, defamation. So anyway, um, but, so I'm not going to show you the video, but, but so they're talking to this guy, and, um, and the dad says to him, he goes, hey, uh, I got a question. Why is the American flag on your lower Velcro strap on your arm? It has to be, you know, you kind of like two straps over here like this. He goes, uh, you know, why is it on the lower one? It needs to be on the upper one. And the guy goes, oh, you, you know, you got me there, bud. You know, and he takes it and he puts it on the upper Velcro strap. And then he says to him, he goes, uh, hey, where did you get your three CIBs? Now, listen, I don't even know what a CIB was. Or, or I, I don't know what it is. I actually was going to Google it and I didn't. I don't even know what it is, okay? It's something, you know, something uh, in, in, in the military. So he goes, where, you know, where did you get your three CIBs? And he goes, well, I got them all from Afghanistan. And he goes, no, you didn't because you can't get them all from the same place. And he goes, or no, he goes, you can't get them all from the same tour. And the guy goes, well, I got one from Afghanistan, and then I got one from Iraq, and then I got one on my second time back to Afghanistan. He goes, that's not true. You can't do that. And so he starts, like, coming down on the guy, and it is, like, cringeworthy. I mean, it is at this moment where your skin starts to crawl. You're not even in the mall, right? Like, you're, not, you're not in the room, and you're like, oh, this, this is bad. Lamb to the slaughter. The dude, like, hook, line, and sinker took it all. And so uh, it's, it's about at this point where the, the real soldier, the guy who is, you know, essentially kind of, you know, off-duty or he uh, is done with his tours, he, um, he says something along the lines of, uh, I fought for your freedom, and I had, I had men next to me die um, during, during the war, and this is how you repay me. And then he starts screaming, stolen valor, stolen valor, stolen valor. And everybody in the mall is looking at this guy. Now, at the end of the, uh, vi- you know, 
the end of the video, it just kind of goes black. But what you find out later is this guy actually ended up getting arrested. He got charged with a felony. It's a felony to impersonate a soldier. And I don't know if you knew that. I didn't know that. But, uh, but several of these people, uh, they end up getting arrested and they get charged. I think as I was watching these videos, I was thinking about, as a, as a Christian, as a Christ follower, as someone who has dedicated my life to following Christ for, you know, at, at this point, 20 plus years, um, I got saved when I was, when I was in my teens, um, I, I often will look around at friends and family members and, and people that I know, and, and, and I see this, like, cocktail of religion that kind of develops in their life, and they're like, hey, I'm going to take a little bit of this and a little bit of that and a little bit of Christ and a little bit of Buddha and a little bit of Muhammad, a little bit of this, a little bit of that, and, and we're just going to kind of put it all together. We're going to put it in a shaker, right, pour it out real nice, and like, and, and that's what we're going to live out of right there, right, that cocktail of religion. And, and as I watched these videos, I started to kind of think about that, and I'm like, when I see people who live their life in religion like that, I, I, I you know, inside of me, I want, to, I want to yell out and cry out fake and phony, but hear me, when I, when I get that feeling, it's not because I'm angry with them. It's not because, uh, you know, the, the soldier who yelled out stolen valor, it's not the same emotion. It's this emotion that I want to be crying for their future and crying for their eternity. It's this, it's this moment where I want them to know the real McCoy, right? Like the real deal, the real Jesus. And I think the other thing is, at the end of the day, when I was watching this video and just thinking about my faith, I don't want to be the person that is wearing that garb, that is dressed, you know, dressed in the dress, right? Dressed in the, the uh, dress up, you know, looking like you have it all together. Uh, you, you even know what a CIB is. Like, the dude even knew what a CIB was. Like, for some of us, we're like, yeah, like, I know, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, got it, dude, you know? Uh, no, yeah, like, I, I got it. I know all the translations of the Bible. I know the ones that are cooler, the ones that aren't so cool. Um, I know all the different things. And I think often what happens is, is we get stuck in that as well. And so I want to make sure that in this church, I want to make sure that we're so clear about the gospel, uh, the story of Jesus, that at the end of the day, no one can mistakenly be the person, the, the, the civilian dressed up in the soldier's garb, right? No one, no one can mistakenly be, no, no, I'm a Christian when really your life doesn't show that, right? Like, I want to be so clear that you know what it means to choose Jesus, and we're going to talk about that today, choosing Jesus. Um, there's this, this uh, scripture in John chapter 14. This is during Holy Week, by the way. Uh, let, let me give you kind of a, just a quick, um, a quick timeline. So John chapter 11, Jesus he heals Lazarus. John chapter 12, he, it's this moment where it's the triumphal entry into Jerusalem. Um, and so he gets the colt, he gets, you know, waved with the palm branches, all this stuff. John chapter 13, this is where, you know, the, the, the most famous uh, verse where Jesus talks about the two commandments. Like, there are two commandments, right? Like, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and soul. Love your neighbor as yourself, the two greatest commandments, okay? So he talks about that. He, he washes his disciples' feet. Okay, then you get to John chapter 14. It's, they're still in the upper room, okay? They just... They just did all this stuff, and in John chapter 14, Jesus starts telling them, like, I'm going to go and prepare a place for you. I'm going to create this place, a.k.a. it's heaven, by the way. I'm going to go and create a place for you, and, uh, and, and where I'm going, like, you will know where I'm going, and you'll know the way to get there. And, you'll, and, and so he starts speaking kind of cryptically, but they're like, 
I think I know what he's saying, right? Okay, it's in this, kind of in the beginning of this monologue, that uh, John chapter 14, verse 6 happens. And Jesus says this. He says, Jesus told them, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Um, I'm a big Ohio State fan. And uh, I'm from Ohio, big Ohio State fan. And, and you know, listen, uh, people hate this. I get it. But we don't say the Ohio State University, right? We say the Ohio State University. It's a big deal, okay? It's a big deal, right? It's a big deal to us, okay? I, I, I literally have a hat. It just says the across it, right? T-H-E, the. Okay. So, um, so like here, I mean, I can read it. I'm the way. The way. But no, no, the Ohio State's coming out on me. Here we go. Jesus told, he told them, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Why do people say the instead of the, right? The, because like we, we just want to be definitive. There is nothing else. Like it's the only one. It's the only Ohio State University. The, uh, it's the only way to heaven. Jesus is, I'm not saying Ohio State is the only way to heaven. <laughs> I'm like mixing these two too close. Uh, Jesus told them, he says, I'm the, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. And so when we, when we, live our lives with this like cocktail of religion, we have to understand that, that Jesus doesn't fit in a religious cocktail. He's a drink all by himself. Either, either you're going to be with Jesus and it's Jesus plus nothing, uh, or it's nothing. Because at the end of the day, uh, what we want to do is we want to be a Christian Buddhist, or we want to be a Christian Muslim, or we want to be a Christian you name it, and you can't. Jesus is here, he's saying that there's nothing else it's him plus nothing. I think those videos, those Stolen Valor videos, going back to those, I think the reason that they're so cringeworthy, so if you've ever seen them, you know, your skin crawls. <clears throat> the reason that they're so cringeworthy is because we want the real deal. We want the real McCoy. We don't like fake things, right? Uh, we, don't like, we, we don't like false things. And so, um, by the way, let me say this. Um, I... Uh, <laughs> Uh, recently, we were in Utah last week <clears throat> on vacation. We got to just kind of um, be around, you know, some Mormon culture and stuff. And, and I think, you know, we can, we can look at certain things like specifically Scientologies and, um, you know, just different stuff like that. And uh, as, you, as you, like, hear some of the stories <clears throat> of how these religions were created and stuff, I think deep down inside, your, your radar is going off, your meter is going off, and you're going like, wait, they, that's, that's really crazy. They believe that, you know? Um, but uh, at one point in time, information was hard to get around, right? Uh, like literacy wasn't all there, you know, and like, not like it is today um, in America. And, uh, and so I think, you know, like in some ways we've got to give some grace, but myself uh, and many of you in this room, you grew up uh, with what? Photoshop, right? Uh, you grew up with deep fakes. If you don't know what deep fakes are, it's crazy. The very first one I saw, um, I, think the, I think the original one was, was, um, was a video of, of uh, President Obama when he was in the presidency. And someone, what they ended up doing was they hooked all these electrodes around their face. They put it through, a, through uh, this digital program, and they started speaking and saying things. And it was recording it on, this, on the screen as if President Obama was saying it. They were saying, like, I'm going to go to Charlie's birthday party tomorrow. It was like fun things. They were just, you know, screwing around with it. Um, but, but what you quickly realize is, like, it's hard to even trust video. Like, what do you trust, you know? Like, like what is real? What is true? This is something you can trust. <laughs> you can trust that Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except through me. And so you have, a, you have an option. You have an option today as we continue through this sermon, as we continue 
uh, this week and, and prayerfully you're with us next week for Easter, you have an option to look at this and go, okay, am I going to follow Jesus? Am I going to believe that he's like the only way, that there's nothing else, that he's the real McCoy, he's the real deal? Am I going to follow Jesus or am I going to try to create a cocktail of religion? Am I going to try to add and, and, and subtract things from Jesus? Okay, uh, we're going to be turning to, uh, well, I won't tell you yet. Yeah, uh, what we do here at Redemption, uh, let me go there, is, is we go, uh, you know, to the Bible in the same way. And so if you have your physical Bible with you or if you have your digital Bible with you on your phone, go ahead and go to John chapter 3. Look at that. I even screwed it up anyway. Normally we go to the table of contents. You know that. Um, you're like, what's going on? I'm still on vacation brain. Somebody asked me, they said, hey, was it, <clears throat> was it a... Was it hard coming back from vacation? It really wasn't. You know why? Because our staff is awesome. So they took care of so much stuff when I was gone. It was cool. Um, we're blessed. I'm blessed. You're blessed. We're all blessed. Okay. Uh, we're going to go to John chapter 3, and we're going to look at this super famous passage. Uh, this is, um, in the Gospels, we see this Jewish leader, and he, he's a Pharisee. Um, and so he, he's this religious, uh, religious leader who's really well known in the community. He's kind of this guy who makes up all these rules for everybody to follow. Um, and Jesus has this, this, this meeting with him. Now, um, if you, I don't know, if, if you like watch Nickelodeon in the 80s and 90s, there's this, this show called Nick at Night or this time period of, of Nickelodeon, Nick at Night. And uh, I think it was like after 8 o'clock or something like that. It had all the old school shows on it. So like uh, Mork and Mindy, I used to watch Mork and Mindy on there. If you've ever seen that show, it's hilarious. Um, Happy Days, saw that. Uh, what else? The Wonder Years. Okay, so anyway, these are the shows I used to watch like late at night, 8 o'clock after whatever, Nick at Night. And this is kind of the story here. Uh, it's Nicodemus at night, Nick at Night. This is the, the biblical Nick at Night. And we're going to go to John chapter 3, uh, and we're going to start in verse 1. Uh, it says, there was a man named Nicodemus, which by the way, it's a killer name. That's just an awesome name, Nicodemus. Um, if it was more smiled upon uh, and accepted in culture. I think we should name our, our children's, uh, our children's, children's already plural, Nicodemus. All right, there was a man, his name was Nicodemus, uh, a Jewish religious leader who uh, was a Pharisee, like I said. After dark one evening, he came to speak with Jesus. Rabbi, he said, we all know that God has sent you to teach us. Your miraculous signs are evidence that God is with you. First of all, why did Nicodemus go to Jesus at night? Why is he there at night? Why is he not there during the day? Again, he's a Pharisee, and so we know this, like for those of you that have read any portion of the, the Gospels of Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John, any portions of Jesus' story, the Pharisees and Jesus didn't get along very well. Now, we have to remember that Jesus was what? He was a Jew, okay? Jesus was Jewish, um, but underneath the system of religion within Judaism in, in that time, in first century A.D., um, Jesus, he didn't get along with the Pharisees. See, Jesus was bringing in a different kingdom, and the reality is that those Pharisees didn't submit to that new kingdom. Uh, those Pharisees, they didn't like the ushering in of the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God that Jesus was bringing on earth. If you read through the Gospels, you see that Jesus, he, he brings in this thing called the kingdom of God, and it's almost this inverted, this flipped way of life. It's really weird because like here on earth, uh, in our day and age, in our world, it's like, hey, get yours, right? Like, step on whoever you need to, but get yours. There's only enough money in the world, and you better get it, right? I remember watching The Founder, the movie about Ray Kroc and, and, and McDonald's, 
And at the very end of the movie, I'm just going to give you a spoiler. I don't care. It's been out for 10 years. You should have watched it already. It's an, it's an incredible movie. At the end of the movie, uh, there's this, like, dark screen, and, uh, and Ray Kroc walks out. Like, the, the credits have already rolled, right? Ray Kroc, he walks out, and there's a spotlight on him. And he said, <clears throat> he said, if my, if my competitor was in front of me drowning, I would shove a garden hose in his mouth. There's only so much money in this world, and I'm going to get mine. And that's it. It's the end of the movie. And that's the world. Like, that's, that is the world, right? In so many ways, that's the world. But that's not Jesus. And so Jesus comes into this, this, this very oppressive empire and regime of Rome. And where people are just brutal and ruthless. And they're just trying to survive. And they don't care who they step on to get to the next day. And Jesus gives them the kingdom of God. And listen, the Pharisees... In Jesus' version of the kingdom of God and their understanding of what that should be, it didn't mix well. And so Nicodemus is coming to Jesus at night so that nobody sees him, so that nobody finds him, so that nobody knows they're having this conversation. Uh, Also, I just want to point out this. He says, Nicodemus says, your miraculous signs are evidence that God is with you. It's like the most understatement, you know, of, of, of the millennia, right, of the century, whatever. God is with you. No, no, God is in you. No, no, you, you are God, right? It's, it's not God is with you. It's not God is in you. No, no, you are God. But he's, he's not there yet. He doesn't get it. All right, uh, verse 3. Jesus replied, I tell you the truth. Unless you are born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. Things start getting really confusing for Nicodemus, right? Uh, he's, he's taking some, some form of biology class. Uh, uh, but what do you mean, exclaimed Nicodemus? How can an old man go back into his mother's womb and be born again? And Jesus replied, I assure you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and spirit. Humans can reproduce only human life, but the Holy Spirit gives birth to spiritual life. So don't be surprised when I say you must be born again. The wind blows wherever it wants, just as, uh, just as you can hear the wind, but, um, you, but can't tell where it comes from or where it's going. So you can't explain how people are born of the Spirit. How are these things possible, Nicodemus asked. Uh, Jesus, Jesus replied, you are a respected Jewish teacher, and yet you don't understand these things. I assure you, we tell you what we know and have seen, and yet you won't believe our testimony. But if you don't believe me when I tell you about earthly things, how can you possibly believe if I tell you about heavenly things? No one has ever gone to heaven and returned. But the Son of Man has come down from heaven. And as Moses lifted up the bronze snake on a pole in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up so that everyone who believes in him will have eternal life. Okay, you're confused, unless you know this story. You're confused. I get it, okay? I'm not, I'm not going to ask for a show of hands, but, like, I know this. You're sitting there going, bronze snake, Moses, weird, right? Uh, but Nicodemus wasn't confused. Remember, like, Jesus is speaking to a religious leader. He's speaking to a Pharisee. And what's crazy about the Pharisees is, I believe it was by the age uh, 10, they had to have the Torah memorized. It's Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. Um, and so they had um, the Beit Sefer, the Beit Midrash, and the Beit Talmud, and these, like, levels of, of schooling. And I believe it was by age 10, they had to have it all memorized, word for word. Okay, so Nicodemus being the good Pharisee that he is, he knows this story. It comes from Numbers. And what happens is uh, the Israelites are complaining. They're super upset 
because they're getting manna. If you don't know what manna is, it's this bread that God literally sends from heaven to them. He's, he's providing for them. He's giving to them, and they're upset about it. Okay, I get it, right? Like, growing up, I mean, every Monday night was spaghetti, and I was like, Mom, again? Are you kidding me? Like, this is awful. Can we, can we have something else, you know? Oh, you want tuna melt? No, I don't want anything. Thanks, you know? Uh, I guess spaghetti's fine. So, um, so, like, we all get it. We all have preferences. And for years, they were given manna. And they were so, like, frustrated with God. They were so frustrated with Moses. They're complaining and complaining and complaining. And what does God do? How does God fix the complaining? He sends snakes into their camp to bite them. True story. I'm going to take this moment to get super real with you. Um, I've said this before, and I'll say it all the time. I'm going to be as real as I can as a pastor with you. Uh, there are moments in the Bible that, A, I don't understand, right? S- not several, like half the Bible, many of it, okay? Don't understand. B, I don't like it. And, and, and C, I, I, I actually might outright, like, hate that moment in the Bible. And this is one of them. I'm serious. Like, totally truthfully. This is one of those moments because... They're complaining. They're not grateful. I get it. Um, and God, what, what is your response? Your response is to, to kill them. Your response is to send snakes into their camp. And I, th- I think what this shows us is this. That at the end of the day, God is God and you are not. I, I am not. I'm not God. You're not God. I'm not God. Scripture says over and over again that his ways are higher than our ways. So we have to understand that when there are things in the Bible that we don't like, if we believe in the resurrected Jesus, if we believe that the resurrection was real, that it really happened, we're getting ready to celebrate that next week, if we believe in these things, then those moments in the Bible that we don't understand, uh, we don't reject all of Christianity. We don't reject all of the Bible because we don't understand why God sent snakes into a city. Um. It's a seller's market right now, right? You don't even know if you should sell your home or not. You're like confused about that. Um, man, Tesla's having a great deal right now because the price went down big time. Um, I can fill up my car, you know, once every six months. Should I buy a Tesla? I mean, like it's keeping, that stuff's keeping you up at night, right? Should I change banks? My last bank, it kind of, ooh, I don't know. Should I change accounts? Like these are the things that keep you up at night. Do you think you have any business questioning um, or, or leaving Christianity or the church or rejecting the Bible because you don't understand something that God did? We have to really be, like, careful about our hearts that we, we don't, we don't uh, conflate ourselves and God. Okay, so... Um, so what's crazy is God sends these snakes in the camp. They start biting people. People get sick. Some people die. It's really crazy. And they go, hey, how do, like, how do we get saved, okay? At this point, like, the people, instead of complaining about manna, they're like, forget the manna. I'll eat it for 100 years. Lord, uh, my child just got bit by a viper, right? Like, Moses, my wife is sick. She just got bit. Like, how will you save us? And Jesus, sorry, God, yes, Jesus, but God the Father, his, his chosen method of salvation is to have Moses craft a bronze snake, a serpent, 
and put it on a statue and, and, and put it up in the center of the camp. And God says to Moses, Moses, anyone who looks on that statue will be saved. If they are bitten, they will be saved. And guess what? Well, it works. Why? Because God said. Because it was God's chosen method of salvation. And through that chosen method of salvation, everybody was saved. It worked. And uh, if you have not seen The Chosen, um, it's an incredible show that is kind of chronicling the life of Jesus. It's so good. Um, They're actually coming out with season two starting Easter, which, by the way, let me just say this. I grew up with some really, really bad Christian videos, like awful Christian videos, and I'm like, Guys, we got to be better than this. You know, if we're gonna if we're gonna if we're gonna call uh, Jesus Lord, like we just need to be better at the arts and stuff, and not be embarrassing to the world. Um, and uh, but this is not one of those things. The Chosen is incredible. It's really good. Okay, so we're gonna watch uh, a, a, a video. So check this out. I have come to do more than speak words, Nicodemus. More miracles. Yes, but even more than that. Do you remember when the children of Israel? complained against God and against Moses in the wilderness of Paran. Yes. They wanted to return to Egypt and they cursed the manna that God sent them. And then? They were bitten by serpents and they were dying. But? But God made a way for them to be healed. Moses lifted the bronze serpent in the desert and people only needed to look at it. So will the Son of Man be lifted up so that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. Our people are not dying from snake bites. They're dying from taxation and oppression. I'm sorry to disappoint you. But I did not come to deliver the people from Rome. Then from what? From sin. From spiritual death. God loves the world in this way. That he gave his only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. So this has nothing to do with Rome. It's all about sin. God did not send his son into the world to condemn it, Nicodemus. He sent him to save it through him. It's as simple as Moses' serpent on the pole. Whoever believes in him will not be condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already. Have you ever heard anything like this before? When I met Lilith, Mary, that day, I told my wife and my students she was beyond human aid. Only God could have healed her. And then I saw her healed. Here you are. The healer. I, my whole life, I have wondered if I would see this day. Follow me, and you'll see more. John 3.16 says, For this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only Son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. God sent his Son into the world not to judge the world but to save the world through him. 
There is no judgment against anyone who believes in him, but anyone who does not believe in him has already been judged for not believing in God's one and only son. What we have to see here is that Jesus, as he's explaining what it means to be saved, uh, he doesn't say to Nicodemus, you have to be better, Nicodemus. You have to be perfect. You have to get it right. You have to change the way that you're living. You have to be perfect. He's not saying that to Nicodemus because why? Nicodemus already had it. Nicodemus is the rule maker, right? Like he's the one who makes all the rules. But what Jesus does is he, he likens it to this golden snake statue, this bronze snake statue that was put up in the desert. And Jesus is saying just like God's chosen method of salvation was the bronze snake statue that was put up in the desert. I will be God's chosen method of salvation. I'll be lifted up for everyone to see on a cross. I will die. And anyone who believes in me will not perish, but will have eternal life. God didn't send me into this world to judge you, Nicodemus, but he sent me to save you. And again, going back to this idea of uh, if, if I see people who are not living the way that God has called them to live, is not living the way that they should be living, or they're mixing this religious cocktail, again, like, we're not sent here to judge them. We're sent there to bring a message of hope and salvation and truth. And this is Jesus. This is Jesus' salvation. And so the question is this. Uh, Nicodemus, he was given a choice. It was a clear choice. He was given a choice. But what did he choose? Well, we're not fully sure. But we do know this. Several uh, instances in Scripture. One, uh, when, when Jesus, he was, he was brought to the Sanhedrin. Sanhedrin is like this Jewish court. Jesus is brought before the Sanhedrin, and the only one to stand up for Jesus is who? It's Nicodemus. Then, after Jesus is crucified, he's, he's, he's being put in the grave, right? He's in the grave, and, and at this point... There are two men. They go before the Roman governor and they ask for Jesus' body, which, by the way, is this crazy thing because the man who you just, who you've given your life to, who you've been following, he was just murdered on a cross. And so, if you're a follower of him, I guarantee you, the Roman governor and anybody in the government, they're going to take too kindly to you. And so, there are two people that go before the Roman governor and they ask for Jesus' body to give him a proper burial. And who are those two people? One, Joseph of Arimathea, who gives Jesus, uh, or who gives his tomb to Jesus. And then two, Nicodemus. And so I think it's pretty clear at this point. We don't know for sure the spiritual state of Nicodemus, but we do know this. That he was no longer Nick at night. He was no longer visiting Jesus at night, but he was following him under uh, the sun rather than under the cover of the moon. Of the, under the cover of dark. There's one story and uh, one biography, one life that you can be sure about, though. Um, not Nicodemus, but you. You can be sure about your biography, about your story, about your life, about your destiny. Scripture is so clear in Romans chapter 10, uh, verses 9 and 10. It says this. It says, if you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is by believing in your heart that you are made right with God, and it is by openly declaring your faith that you are saved. As we went through this series, we looked at different religions, and we looked at what does it mean for them, what do they believe salvation is for them? 
And uh, I think you've seen this pattern over and over and over again. It was what? It was, I hope you're good enough. One day when you die, I hope you're good enough. God will put your stuff on the scales. He'll put everybody else's stuff on the scales. And if your good stuff outweighs your bad stuff, or if your good stuff outweighs everybody else's bad stuff, then you will be saved. It's not so with Christianity. It's not true. God is so clear here that the way that we are saved, the way that our eternities change, the way that we are given over to God is by openly declaring with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and believing in our heart that God raised him from the dead. This is the gospel, right? Uh, We like to say this at Redemption, that the gospel is not a game that you win or lose, but it's a gift that some people receive and some people refuse. Not everybody takes the gospel. Not everybody takes the story of Jesus, but you have the opportunity today to choose Jesus. You have the opportunity today, like Nicodemus, uh, to to choose if you're going to follow God or not. Again, John 14, 6, it says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. Um, I like clarity. I love clarity. And the reason I love clarity is because uh, I think we all appreciate clarity, right? Just like we all like the real, the, the real deal, the real McCoy, we like clarity. Um, there are some boys out there, because uh, they haven't learned their lesson yet, there are some boys who will, uh, you know, ask some, some ladies on dates, girls, you know this, and uh, also dudes, if you ask your girl out like this, uh, and I'm making fun of you from stage, um, I'm not doing it specifically, not trying to, I apologize if you're hurt by this, but some guys, they'll say, hey, um, Maybe in a week, maybe um, you'll have to, like, eat some food to sustain your body, maybe, and, or maybe, like, you'll have to, you know, be hydrated, uh, maybe, and have, like, something to drink, and maybe I could be in the room, uh, maybe with you, it, I could sit at a different table, or maybe, like, at the table with you, I don't, maybe, you know, like, this is how they ask girls out on dates, right, uh, but, but ladies uh, who are not yet married, uh, there are real men out there, and, um, and so, you know, I get that, like, I'm a little more forward, than some people. I'm a little more bold than some people, but you can ask my wife. I literally said to her, Brittany Jenkins, I think you're awesome. And uh, here's the deal. This Friday at 6.30, I would love to take you to Manja. Manja's an incredible Italian restaurant. I think you would love it. I love it. I think we'd have a great time. Can I pick you up at 6.30? Very simple, right? I want to take you on a date, okay? Like, say that. I want to take you on a date. Uh, I think we like clarity. So let me give you some clarity. Jesus says he's in the way. He says he's the truth. He says he's the life. He says that nobody goes to the Father. Nobody enters into heaven except through who? Him. No Buddha. Right? Like no Buddha. No, no Allah. Like nothing through Gandhi. No, none of this stuff. There's not many, many years ago. I saw this video in Oprah. She said, well, it's like a mountain and there's many roads to the top of the mountain. No Oprah. You're wrong. Jesus says that he is the way, the truth, the life. That's it. And so what I want to do is this. I just want to end by giving you a moment of clarity. If up to this point you've lived your life thinking, I'll just kind of add a little bit there into that religious cocktail, and I'll live my life that way. Understand that it's Jesus plus nothing. And I don't want you to leave tonight you to leave tonight not knowing the real Jesus who really died on a cross, who really raised from the grave. I want you to have the opportunity to follow him. So this is what we're going to do. 
I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray this prayer with you. And we're going to do this for the first time at Redemption. We're going to do this together. We're going to pray together. Now, I want to be really careful about this, really clear. As we pray this out loud together, we're going to pray it out loud together. I'm going to have everybody repeat after me. Um, some of you are going to be praying this. Like, you, you, you prayed like this before. You've openly declared with your mouth and you've confessed with your heart. You've done this before. For some of you, this might be your very first time. And if, if you are at a place where you are ready to hand your life over to Jesus, to choose him, to follow him, to give him everything, then this will be your first time praying it, meaning it, and ready to follow Jesus. So uh, let's do this. Everybody bow your heads. Close your eyes. And uh, as, I, as I pray this, along with me, we're all going to pray this together, okay? Jesus, I declare that you are God. Out loud, come on. Jesus, I declare that you are God. I believe that I am a sinner. I believe that my sin separates me from God. Jesus, I believe you came to earth as a baby. I believe you lived a perfect life. I believe that you died on the cross in my place. taken the punishment I should have taken. I believe you raised from the grave three days later, defeating death and sin and hell on my behalf. I believe that you have saved me, and today I am choosing you. Today I give you my life, all of it. Listen, if for the very first time you prayed that prayer today, uh, I want you to find me after, after church. I, I, w- I want you to find Jenna or someone um, and, and, and tell them, let them know. You were given a Connect card on the way in, and on that Connect card, we would invite you to say on there that, that today I decided to follow Jesus. Uh, again, we want to celebrate with you. Jesus came not to overthrow government. He didn't, change, he, he didn't come to change everything in the world around you, but he came to change your spiritual destination. He came to give you eternity with him. And so if you've chosen that today, we want to celebrate with you. I'm going to end with a verse uh, in just a second, but I want to say this. Um, next week, uh, in, in, in a shorter form and, and similar to this, we're going to be going through the gospel. And we're going to be talking about what does it mean to put your faith in the resurrected Christ? What does it mean to follow a resurrected Jesus? And so next week, you have the opportunity to invite some people that may have never heard the plain gospel before. Don't let that opportunity pass you by. Uh, last night, we had some neighbors over, and, uh, and before they left, I said, hey, next Sunday is Easter. I want you to come to my church. And they said, uh, we actually want to check out your church. That was their response. And here's the deal. There are people in your life, whether you think so or not, they want to check out your church. They want, to, they want to know about your Jesus. So don't let this opportunity pass you by. 82% of people, if you invite them to church, they are likely to come to church with you, especially on Easter. So we gave you a card um, uh, as you walk in. I believe you got one of those cards, but maybe we ran out of them. But on the back of it has three lines. And we want you to uh, invite three people, okay? And, and, and not just invite them, but bring them. We talked about that a couple weeks ago. Uh, actually bring them, right? Send them an invite, 
ask them to come, but then uh, set up reservations for dinner afterwards and give them a ride and make sure you save them a seat because here at Redemption, we love people uh, enough to save them a seat. So save them a seat, right? And uh, bring them, bring them, okay? John chapter 3, verse 16. I'm going to read it again. For this is how God loved the world. In a world that says, get mine. In a world that says, I am king and you are nothing. In a world that says, I'm better than you. In that world, in the world that is broken around you, in a world that has COVID, in a world that, um, that has hurt you over and over and over again. For those people and for you, and for this is how God loved the world, he gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have